Thank you, Terry. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. If you're new, welcome. Uh, whoever you are, wherever you're from, whatever place in your life you find yourself today, we are so glad you're here. We pray that today the love of Christ would meet you right there where you're at. You'd find healing, restoration, he'd build you up, refreshment um, from the presence of the Lord. So um, we want to draw your attention to the communion stations that are throughout the sanctuary. Whenever you're led by God throughout the service to go take that, don't miss that opportunity. It's for those who believe in Jesus. It's to, to remember his body and his blood. It's obedience to him. So take that time to remember what he did for you, that it's all of his grace. It's all that gift, that indescribable gift that he gave us at the cross. If you're able, stand with me and we'll read Psalm chapter 57, just the first three verses. Psalm 57, 1. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. Let's stop there and pray. We do say yes, Lord. Thank you that all your promises are yes and amen. Lord, you send forth, today you're sending forth your mercy and your truth, and they meet us here. Thank you that those, the mercy and truth have kissed at the cross. Lord, let us just join in that, that love relationship. Let us join in that interaction between you and us, between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As we worship you, Lord, as we study your word today, we just give you this time. We invite you into it. Be the center of it, Lord, and transform us, we pray in your name. Amen. Turn around, say hello to someone, and we'll get into our worship time.
between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving
Lord, thank you that no matter what we go through, Lord, that you are with us. You love us with an everlasting love. Lord, thank you that we can rely upon that love. We can rely upon your promises because your promises are true. God, thank you, Lord, that you have called us by name. You've taken us from the darkness into your marvelous light. So, Lord, we want to live for you. Lord, we want to trust you. We want to place our hope in our living hope. King Jesus, you are the only one who's worthy of all the praise and all the honor and all the glory this morning. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you are Christ. You're worthy of every song we could ever sing. You're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other the only one who could ever say so worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you yes we live for you let's sing
Welcome this morning to Chris Lazat and John Andrew Schneider. Sunset 
My friend John Schreiner here, he wrote that song. We, were, uh, we, went, we went to high school together, been a, we're both 60, and we're still here. And um, we recently just did a record of these prayers that John wrote, and um, it's just piano and strings, and I got to sing them. It was just one of the greatest joys of my life to make a record like this. This next song is called The Valley of Vision. It's, a, it's an old prayer that he put the music to. And, and here we go. Broken heart 
is the healed heart and the repenting soul finds joy Lord high and holy meek and lowly you have brought me to the valley of vision here in the darkness show me your brightness hemmed in by mountains may I behold your glory let me to have nothing is to possess all let me learn that to bear the cross is to wear the crown let me learn that to give is to receive
You going to Mexico with us again? See. Did you know the dates are December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd? See. Did you put down your $45 deposit? See. Did you fill out your release form? See. What chord have you been practicing? See. Come out for Nerf November, November 12th and November 19th, ages 8 all the way up to 12th grade to have a great time blasting each other. Children's Ministry. If you want to come help, please go see the Children's Ministry counter. At this time, we want to release junior high and high school to go meet your teachers in the lobby. And parents, you can meet them back there after the service. We also want to let you know if the Lord's leading you to give, you can give in the boxes at the back of the sanctuary, in the lobby, or online at our website. Let's go to prayer now and just take a few moments and quiet our hearts before the Lord, uh, before the Bible study. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for being with us here today, Lord Jesus. And we just pray right now, Father God, that you just bless us, that you be with us, Father. Just pray right now for Pastor Greg that you just anoint his heart and you anoint the message that you just bring forth and, and that your Holy Spirit just come upon us, Father God. We just pray right now that you just minister to each and every single one person here, Father. Whatever it is that they're going through, Father, we know that all things are possible through you in the name of Jesus. Even when the answer seems to be no, Father God, we know that you're... Your promises are always yes and amen, Lord Father. We just pray right now, Lord Jesus, you just minister to us, bless us, and be with us. Anoint our hearts and our spirits, Father God, and let's be blessed today. We love you and we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Israel. Terry, good morning, church. Before we jump into our study, if I could kindly ask that if we have any people serving right now in the military or you've served, you're a veteran or your family to anyone in our armed forces, if you would please stand up, we would love to give you a round of applause and thanks. Yep. Yep. We really, we're really, we really are grateful, as we say, for your service, you know, to protect. We live in a violent world, and we're glad that people have protected us, our freedoms. Thank you. Thank you for, for, your, for doing that, for your service. If the rest of you would all stand up now, we're going to read half of the passages that we're going to look at this morning together, and then we'll get into this in Luke chapter 18. Starting in verse 31, it says, And Jesus took the twelve aside, and he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. All things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man, speaking of himself in the third person, will be accomplished, for he will be delivered to the Gentiles, to the Roman authorities and the Roman military, actually, and he will be mocked and insulted and spit upon, and they will scourge him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. And notice verse 34, but they understood none of these things. They could not see what he was talking about. 
this saying, these things he just said, were hidden from them. They did not know the things that were spoken. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us as we study here, as we look in Luke chapter 18, that you would build us up, speak to our hearts, work in our lives for your glory and our greater joy. We ask in Jesus' name, and everyone agreed by saying, amen. You may be seated, please. And so when Jesus here takes his disciples aside and he reminds them that he is now heading up to Jerusalem where he will go to the cross, they're not seeing it. They don't see it because they don't want to see this. (laughs) They don't want to see that he's going to be crucified. They want him actually to do some killing. They don't want him to be killed. Their political desire here in the situation they were in with the Romans in the first century, their their political desire was so strong that they, they wanted the Messiah to overthrow the Romans and throw off you know, the heavy taxation and all, they don't even want to consider that he's going to die. They can't see this, we're told here, what he plainly just showed them. And so shutting their eyes to the first part about him being crucified, they can't see, they haven't heard the second part that says where he said he would rise from the dead. And so it happened, notice we jump right into this next story, and this is connected. It happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. Okay, so he's going south from the Galilee area. He's going to go up to Jerusalem. So you come to go south in Israel, you go along the, the Jordan River and the Jordan Valley there, and you come to the city of Jericho, which happens to be the lowest elevation, land elevation on planet Earth, which is so interesting to me. Right there where Jesus is arriving here, it's the lowest land elevation on planet Earth, and many scholars believe it's the oldest inhabited city on Earth. They're coming to Jericho. This city, Jericho, where they're going to meet this blind man, This is the first city when the children of Israel were re-entering, I say re-entering, under the leadership of Joshua, when they were re-entering the land that God had given their father Abraham. 4,000 years ago, God called Abraham and said, I'm giving you this land. I'm gonna make you a great nation. I'm gonna give you offspring. I'm gonna make your name great. Those that bless you, I'll bless. Those who curse you, I'll curse. And in you, Abraham, all families of the earth will be blessed. Okay, this is the first city, Jericho, that 3,400 years ago, Joshua brought the children of Israel back into this land that God had given to Abraham. From Jericho, you would turn then immediately west and you would climb 3,300 feet, 15 miles up, and you're in Jerusalem. So Jesus is heading toward Jerusalem. He tells the boys, he tells the girls, the disciples, his entourage, I'm going now to be crucified, and they don't want to see this. 
They don't want to see this. They're, blind. They're willfully blind to what he's telling them because they want him to do something else. <laughs> How many times have I done this with the Lord? The, 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 what he's plainly communicating, I don't want to hear this because I want you to do something else. I'm not above this. I know I have the tendency to do this. Okay, that's what's happening here. And it's not a coincidence that as they come across now this man who's physically blind, okay, they encounter this physical blind beggar by the road there near Jericho. Mark tells us in chapter 10 of Mark that his name is Bartimaeus, meaning son of Timothy, son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus. This blind man sitting by the road, verse 36, it says he could hear the multitude passing by. And he began to ask, what is this? Okay, having lost his sight, he no doubt has an acute sense of hearing, like happens when someone loses one of their senses. It's a beautiful thing. The other senses are heightened. And so this blind man is there and he's always there. He's always out there begging at, on this road, but this day he hears a huge crowd and he hears this excitement in the air and he begins out loud to say, what is going on? He starts to, to whoever's around him, what's happening? And so they told him, verse 37, that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Now Jesus' fame by this time has spread all throughout Israel. Everybody has heard about Jesus. People are reporting that the works that the prophets said would happen through the Messiah, that they're all happening through Jesus. And so Jesus' fame is spread everywhere. Bartimaeus, no doubt, has heard of Jesus of Nazareth. So when they tell him, Jesus of Nazareth is the cause of the buzz that's in the air in this large crowd that is coming, and he can feel it. It's coming right at me. You know, he's listening as the crowd is getting closer. He, realize, he realizes Jesus is coming right at me. Jesus of Nazareth is coming right at me. You can just feel how his heart would be pounding and hope would be soaring inside of faith would be rising. He's got this sonar-like hearing and he feels the epicenter of the crowd right there. Jesus is right in front of me. And he cries out, verse 38, meaning repeatedly and loudly he cries out, notice, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. And then those who were before, went before in the crowd, they started telling this guy, please be quiet. Be quiet. You're an embarrassment, man. Pipe down. Dude, what are you doing? Okay. Remember when the disciples of Jesus, they turned away parents that were bringing their children to Jesus? They thought, they thought Jesus has something, he has more important business to attend to than little kids. And this is the only time we see Jesus angry with his disciples in the New Testament. And he told them, he said, don't you stop these kids from coming. You guys are blinded to what I'm about you're driving away the very ones I'm bringing near. He said, let the little children come to me. In fact, if you don't become like them, you're never gonna see the kingdom of heaven. You won't be able to walk in what I'm doing. Well, here's the same thing. 
these guys here like bodyguards protecting in their minds Jesus the celebrity, right? Jesus the dignitary. They don't get him. They're blinded to what he's really about. They're thinking, we've got to shut this guy up. What an embarrassment, dude. Be quiet, man. You're giving a bad look to Jericho. You're not representing well. And notice Bartimaeus, his response to their telling him to just zip it up. He cried out all the more. <laughs> He's like, son of David, <laughs> have mercy upon me. By crying out, son of David, what Bartimaeus is saying here, He's saying, I know you're the Messiah, you see, because it was known that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David. Remember the first of these people, these people that God has chosen through them to bring salvation and his light to the whole world, to you and I? The first of these people was a man named Abram. He was all by himself, one guy from the Ur of the Chaldeans, okay? Interestingly enough, from modern-day southern Iraq. Abraham was from southern Iraq. And God said, I'm going to bring you to this place, give you this land, give you offspring. I'm going to make of you a great nation. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. This is what it means that Abraham was chosen. It doesn't mean you're in and everybody else, sorry everybody else, you're out. That's not what it means. It means through you and in you, Abraham, the whole world is gonna be blessed. God's heart has always been for the whole world, for every nation, language, tribe, every people, every ethnicity, every skin color. He loves, God so loves the world. And it was clearly stated in the first of these people, and then he had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob. Jacob wrestled with God. He was a conniver. His name was changed to Israel. Israel had 12 sons. His sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. One of the tribes was Judah. David was of the tribe of Judah, and the prophets were saying that the Messiah who was to come, the everlasting king, would be of the lineage of David. First words of the New Testament the Christian Bible. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, okay? So for blind Bartimaeus here to be crying out, Jesus, son of David, he's, this is packed, this is loaded. He's saying, you are the one, you are the Messiah. You're the one that came from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You're the one who comes from the lineage of David. You're the Messiah. Have mercy upon me. This is what he's crying. And the whole crowd is looking at him like, dude, be quiet. You're obnoxious. You're embarrassing. And yet he will not be denied. Notice his persistent faith, his audacity stops Jesus in his tracks. Look at that, verse 40. And so Jesus stood still. Look at that verse. Blind Bartimaeus, this annoying blind beggar, stopped God in his tracks. He would not be denied. 
And Jesus, notice, it says, commanded him to be brought to him. So he told the very ones that were telling this guy to pipe down, he said, I want you to go get him and bring him to me. Can you imagine being one of those guys? We've just been pushing away someone that Jesus now is calling to him. I've been in this type of situation many times where the very attitude I had or the very actions I, I was involved in were a contradiction to what God was doing and oh, how embarrassing that is, how humbling that is. But Jesus sends these guys and says, I want you guys to go get him and fetch him and bring, it, bring him to me. And when they went to him, we're told in Mark 10, verse 49, when they went to fetch the blind man, they said to him, be of good cheer, man. Why do they have to tell him be of good cheer? Because they just beat him down. <laughs> they just told him to shut up and be quiet. They just told him what an embarrassment he was. Now they're like going, be of good cheer. He's, he's actually, he actually wants you to come near to him. We're here to bring you to him. And that, so these same folks, these same folks now have just witnessed this guy stopping Jesus in his tracks. And you know what? Now they're looking at him differently. Now when they realize how Jesus sees him, they're seeing him differently. Now it's be of good cheer. Who are you? Why, why, who, who, what is it about you? Jesus, Jesus actually is calling you. And it says in Mark 10, 50 that he threw aside his garment. You know, he probably slept in, he had some heavy garment that he would sleep in at night, homeless. And he rose up and he came to Jesus. Now let me say briefly here that when we see people as God sees them, we treat them differently, okay? Instead of seeing people like I can have the tendency to do is, oh boy, here's another person sucking up precious oxygen. You know, here's another guy clogging up the freeway. When I see people as God sees them, I treat them differently because, because I see them differently. Okay, this is the secret to fruitful Christian ministry. Follow me here for a minute. Simply seeing people through God's eyes, this is what we need to pray for. We need to pray, God, show me people through your eyes including myself. Some of you came in here this morning just beating yourself up. And you know what? God's saying, stop it. <laughs> I'm not beating you up. Stop beating yourself up. Stop talking to yourself like you talk to yourself. I, I've, I see you differently than you see yourself, and I see other people differently than you're seeing them. You're blind. You see what's going on here? It's interesting that the Bible says that Jesus, it's several places, it says that he did many signs and wonders. You ever hear that phrase, signs and wonders? Okay, because all of the wonders, are, that's another word for miracles that Jesus did, they're all signs. There's, a, there's something that he's trying to say in the miracle to all of us. The disciples can't see what Jesus just told them was going to happen. He's going to go be crucified. It's, it very clearly says they, they weren't seeing it. 
And it's not a coincidence that the next thing that happens with them is that Jesus heals a blind man. He's speaking to his disciples, saying, I want to give you sight. You're telling this guy to shut up and pipe down. You're an embarrassment, and I want to bring him close to me. You need to see what I see in this guy. And when they do, their whole tune changes. Okay, Paul the Apostle in Ephesians chapter 2, you can read these passages. He prayed that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes, the eyes of believers, so that we could know God better and that we could see people through his eyes. That's what he prays in Ephesians chapter, actually chapter 1, Ephesians 1, verse 17, 18, and 19. Powerful ministry happens when people look at us, looking at them, and they see God's hope in our eyes for them, okay? Powerful ministry happens. Pe people that are used of God to, to, to touch many lives, it's because of the way they see people. They see people, they've come to see people as God sees them. This is what we need, guys. Some of you are praying for God to do a mighty move in the Inland Empire. You know what we need to pray? God, show us the people of the Inland Empire through your eyes, and that's all we need. Because when people look at you, looking at them, and they see hope in your eyes for them, that's the power of the gospel that brings salvation. If it's not inside of you, if you don't see them, your words are obnoxious. They're without love. They're like a clanging symbol. It profits nothing. But if people look at you, looking at them, and they see hope for them in your eyes, that's what brings revival. That's when hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people are converted to Christ. It's because Jesus is looking out from us. Okay? And when they ask you, and they might not ask you you know, in this exact way, or, or they might be wondering it for weeks at a time. But when they look, and there's that look like, why do you look at me like that? Like there's hope for me. You know how many people were raised by dads that told their sons, you're a hopeless case, you're a stupid, it's, it blows my mind. You know how many people walk around and that's, that's, the, that's the thing that they're ruminating in that voice in their head that they're struggling against? But every time you look at them, they feel like there's hope for them. When they ask you, you tell them. Look at what it says. Look at what Peter said. Peter assumed that the Christians would have these eyes and so what he says is he says be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that's in you and just tell them you know why I look at you like that because there is hope for you you don't even understand how much God loves you he loves you literally to death you the reason I look at you like that is because I'm looking through God's given me these eyes. It's called the gospel, these eyes of the gospel. <laughs> you know, God loves you to death. And just tell him. You think God's coming, you think God's after you. You know, he sent 
he's, he's sending people after you, and not as you think, but to bring you to him, like the blind men. He sent him and said, you guys go fetch him and bring him to me. God's after you, but he's after you to forgive you and to love you and to heal you and to make you well and to save your soul. You see? Powerful ministry happens when people look at us, looking at them, and we're seeing what God sees. And they're going, why are you looking at me like that? That's how it works. That's how it works right there. So Bartimaeus, his desperate cry of faith stops Jesus in his tracks right there on the road. And when he had come near, when they brought him to Jesus, Jesus asked him, notice this, and I, you know, Bartimaeus is still blind at this moment, but I can just see Jesus, a huge smile on his face, looking at this guy. He's been brought near and he's standing there blind. He's just been crying out, son of David, have mercy upon me. He's just stopped God in his tracks. Everybody's looking at this guy like, who is this guy that Jesus is so caring for? I picture Jesus looking at him like, man, I love your audacity. I love your persistence. And he said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I just want to see. I just want to see. Lord, I want my sight. We're told in, in Mark 10, 51 that the way he addressed Jesus, he said, Rabboni. Okay, you can hear the word rabbi in there. He called him rabbi, but not just rabbi. He said, my rabbi. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, my rabbi. So he's called him the Messiah, son of David. Now he's saying, my rabbi, Rabboni, that I might see. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, they gave praise to God. So here's a word I believe for somebody here this morning. Sometimes to get to Jesus, you have to get past his followers who are sometimes blinded to what he's doing in people's lives. Sometimes to get to Jesus, you have to get past his followers that are sometimes blinded to what he may be doing in your life. Maybe you've had people look at you and they're looking at you like, I'm better than you, you disgusting person. Your sin is the deal breaker. Holier than thou, self-righteous. Sometimes to get to Jesus, you have to get past his followers who may be blinded to what he's doing in your life. That's the story of Bartimaeus. He's being told to pipe down and be quiet and Jesus is going, no, I want him to come over here. I don't see him like you guys see him. I see beyond the annoying, the annoying loud guy. Isn't that interesting? Bartimaeus' prayer here, and this is a prayer. Son of David, have mercy upon me. That's his prayer. 
Okay, this kind of prayer Jesus illustrates in Luke chapter 11, verse five. He tells a story about a person who comes in the middle of the night. They've got guests who've just arrived into town. This is back in the old days. And they go to their friend's house and they say, I need some bread because my friends have just arrived from a journey. And Jesus said, even though the guy won't get out of bed because you're his friend, if you're persistent and you keep knocking and you're saying, I need bread, the guy will get up because you're so audacious and so persistent. And Jesus then said, so I want you to ask that you might receive the next verse, verse nine. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened to him. How many of us though, this is my experience. Have, are painfully, I'm painfully aware so many times of my own failings and my shortcomings that I find myself rarely calling out to God like this, like Bartimaeus, you know? So many times, how often I can barely even say my prayers because I'm silenced with a sense of condemnation because I'm messed up and I keep messing up. We all have struggles in the flesh. No one here is above any of that. We've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God and so many times I feel like, who am I to pray? I'm not worthy to ask God boldly in prayer like Bartimaeus here. You know, knowing this tendency that we have, the writer of Hebrews reminds us in Hebrews 4.15, he reminds us Listen to these words. We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but he was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. In other words, our high priest sympathizes with your, our weaknesses. He doesn't look at your weakness and go, I'm so sick of you, I'm so tired of you. That's what you tell yourself. The writer of the Hebrews says, no, 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 stop. Our high priest sympathizes with our weaknesses. He knows our human condition. He knows all the stuff that we deal with in the flesh and he has sympathy toward us. He's been tempted in every way that you have. He knows the power, the power of sin and temptation. He knows it more than you do, by the way. Imagine John was up here on the stage and Kelly was up here on the stage. You know, I mean, who, who else am I going to pick on here this morning? You know, John and Kelly and I'm here and then Jesus. And we all have these little metal hats on that are hooked by wires to a big, huge sin, sin machine, okay? And they turn it up to one and we're all, Kelly's already shaking in his boots, you know? John's like going, oh, one's not that bad. I'm like going, oh, Lord, help me. Jesus is, we're all getting level one, and then it's up to two, and John goes down. We're like, boom, John's down. They crank it up to three and four, <sighs> you know. Kelly goes down at five. I'm already down at, I, I went down at three. Jesus is the only one standing and they take it to five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He never falls. Who knows the power of sin more? Jesus does. 
He knows how powerful sin and temptation is because he never fell to it. I, I go down at three or four. John went down at two. John went down at two. John has no idea what five, six, and seven is. Jesus knows the power of sin. And you know what? He sympathizes. Let that sink in this morning. He sympathizes with you with all of your struggles. All the stuff that's in your flesh that you struggle with that you know every time it comes up out of your heart, you're like, oh God. He goes, oh, I know, I know, I know. He's not saying, Who, what's wrong with you? He's not, there's none of that in him. There's sympathy. We have a high priest who sympathizes with us in our weakness. And yet it's our very weakness, our, our very sense of unworthiness that keeps us from praying like Bartimaeus is praying here boldly. And Jesus is saying, I want you to ask me boldly, even though you have these struggles. I am the high priest who sympathizes with you. I'm on your side. I'm not the one condemning you. Paul asks in Romans chapter eight, he says, who is he that condemns? Because we all experience this phenomenon. He goes, it's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. Jesus is the one who died as your sin, rose from the dead. He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you in all of your weaknesses that you'll make it, that you'll get back up when you fall. That's what Jesus, who is he that condemns? It's not Jesus, Paul said. Don't think it's Jesus. There is one who condemns. There's a spiritual enemy in the spiritual realm. He's called the liar, the slanderer, the accuser of the brethren. Bartimaeus is praying here and he prays for mercy. He's not saying, I'm asking you this because I'm better than everybody else and I've arrived and I've achieved some level of... He's throwing himself wholly upon the mercies of God. And Jesus says, bring this guy over here. I love your audacity, man. What do you want me to do for you? Rabboni, my, my, my rabbi, I just wanna see. Jesus says, okay, see then, you see. I love this story. And then Jesus said, go your way, your faith has made you well, and immediately he received his sight, and he followed Jesus. I wanna close this morning by reminding us that all of the wonders that Jesus do, they're also signs, okay? Here's a sign. This is a picture of what God is wanting to do in our lives. And the worship team, you guys can come on back out for the final song. But this is a picture. Blind Bartimaeus is a picture of what God wants to do in each of our lives. He wants to open our eyes. Yes, us, me, a pastor. <laughs> I need my eyes opened every day to see, number one, to see God in Christ. That's where he's revealed himself definitively. And number two, to see people through his eyes. It's that, there's the Christian life. Everything else is details. If I can see God in Christ, if I can see the person in front of me through his eyes, there's nothing else that needs to be. That's the power of the Christian life, it's seeing. Here's a word for those of us 
that want to be used of God. Let us ask that we might see. Like Bartimaeus asked, Lord, let me see. Let me see myself through your eyes in Christ. Then you'll stop beating yourself up. You'll, you'll put the club down. You know, Satan, sometimes Satan, he'll be beating on you. Then he'll tell you, here, you take over and beat yourself, and then I can go work on someone else. You know, don't, don't take the club. There's now therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. This is not how God sees me. He sympathizes with me in my human condition with all the struggles I have in my flesh. I'm going to throw myself wholly upon the mercies of God and he's going to do good things in my life. This is what pleases God, guys. This is how we please God. This, this miracle, this wonder is a sign to us. It speaks to us that we need to be careful that we don't shut up and shut down people for whom Christ died. Shut out people that God is bringing near. This is what he wants to do. God has a heart for even the people, and I hate to say this because now I'm accountable to it. God has a heart for the people that annoy me. <laughs> and he's like, you need to get beyond, Greg, your annoyance. If you wanna, unless you want to have a little tiny, pathetic impact where you're just going to reach everyone who's cool like you. You're so cool, Greg. You know, everyone that you think is whatever. No, God, show us. Open our eyes to see people like you see them. And you watch what happens in the Inland Empire as 2,000 missionaries go out just looking at people. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? There's hope for you, man. God so loves you. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the miracle that you did on blind Bartimaeus, a sign to us of what you're wanting to do with us, Lord, to open our eyes, Lord, to see God in Jesus Christ, to see people through your eyes. We pray that this would happen, Lord. We pray the same prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. We pray it over ourselves right now. As Paul said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you are called. Lord, enlighten our eyes by the Spirit. Lord, we thank you that it's that simple. It's not about us trying to do stuff and trying to be stuff. It's just us seeing. Give us sight. Rabboni. Rabboni, that we might see. And we ask all of this to your glory and our greater joy. And everybody who agreed said out loud together. Amen. Hey, let's stand up together and we're going to all close together in this final song, worshiping the Lord. Let your heart cry out to him. You give life. You are love. You 
bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken we sing great are you Lord it's your breath in our love so we pour first time that God is out to get you but not like you thought not to hurt you or harm you or condemn you but to bring you near to him through faith in Christ if that's you I would love to pray with you I'm going to be on the edge of the stage here please come down I will pray together if you have any other prayer needs family things that are going on burdens that are too heavy to carry alone we have a prayer group over here see these guys they love to pray. They're called to pray. They pray for you already. Go get prayer. They'll be delighted to pray with you. Say hi to someone on your way out. Give them a high five, whatever you do. If it's bump it, we'll see you next time. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord.